0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Analyst Inside Cricket. A full day's play at the Aegeus Bowl today, not particularly going well for England. Uh, you may have seen that they've uh, conceded a lead of over 100 and, in the end, uh, fought back a little bit to get 15 for none. So it's actually an important little spell at the end of the day for the England openers to survive. So England now 99 behind going into the fourth day. Uh, just a, a little apology, really, for no uh, analyst podcast yesterday. Uh, the reason for that was I was just making preparations for our new enterprise, the analyst inside cricket, podcast is in its fourth year now we started in january 2017 amazingly and now here's an opportunity for you to participate in the podcast continued success and hopefully ultimate expansion For a small donation to a platform called Patreon, you can participate in our creative process and see special behind-the-scenes video content. You can see Simon Mann in his hotel bedroom just before he goes out to commentate at the Aegeus Bowl. I'm joking, of course. For slightly larger donations, you can take part in exclusive virtual Zoom dinners. That's what I was sort of rehearsing yesterday with celebrity cricketing guests like the one I had last night with Marcus Trescothic and Devon Malcolm, which was just a trial run. It was a very interesting experience. And you can join this exclusive Analyst Podcast Club by going to www.patreon That's patreon dot com forward slash the analyst one. So we'll give you that address again at the end of the podcast but it's completely up to you how much you want to contribute. And if you don't want to, you can still listen to us free each week. So that's our next plan. Now let's look back at the day's play, the third day at the Aegeus Bowl. And I suppose it was a a pretty tough day for England, Simon, really. Yeah, I mean, really interesting test match. It's it's
1: building up nicely. Have the West Indies got a big enough lead to put serious pressure on England? They might well have. The way they bowled uh, this evening, they were unlucky not to get... Wickets with the new ball, England surviving for for 10 overs, 15 runs. It does make you think, what can England set West Indies? What realistically could they win with? 310 in their second innings sets West Indies around about the 190 mark. And the reason England batted first is because they thought, as we mentioned on the first day, they thought that it would be harder in the fourth innings than the first innings. So we, we know we're going to see that. As long as England can set West Indies a reasonable score in the fourth innings, can they then put that plan into operation? But to do that, you f- you know, they, they're going to have to get some runs in the bank. You know, West Indies, you feel you know, no problem chasing 120, 140, something like that. Closer it- to 200, beyond 200, then could well
0: be problems for them. Mm, yeah, I mean, you know, they're still a, a slightly fragile batting unit, aren't they? But they stuck it out. I, I was impressed with the, the doggedness today. It's funny, it's, it almost reminded me of watching England bat at times in the sort of 1990s, really, that determination without necessarily all that much flair. I almost felt that this match, it's almost been a slight reversal of roles. England have got the faster bowlers with Wood and, and Archer, both. Touching ninety two, ninety three miles an hour, perhaps the fastest uh, pair of bowlers England have ever fielded, actually, and and then West Indies have got lesser fast bowlers, in fact, uh, in comparison to the olden days, and more dogged English type batsmen, and they they eked out a three hundred odd score today. Uh, I think they had the, the better of the conditions, as as you said. I, I, it's it's a, a a sort of humbling experience, isn't it, being England captain Ben Stokes he's made two mistakes in his first half an hour. First, he left out Stuart Broad, who I think would have probably bowled really well in those overcast conditions on the first day. And then, of course, he's also decided to bat first. And, you know, looking at it in hindsight, which we luckily have, I think it would have been better to to field first. Is that the the general view down there? Well, I, I think that's been the debate about whether England should have bowled first. I mean, it's very
1: clear why England batted first. And we've already mentioned it. They thought it would be hard later in the game. It was dry. The pitch was dry. They thought it might go up and down a bit. They thought it might spin a bit. But of course, that is no good unless you set West in as a decent target them to chase in the fourth innings and that is England's challenge on the fourth day can they get enough runs in their second innings to really put some pressure on West Indies in their second innings England are still uh, the best part of 100 runs behind two days left in the match I mean it's a fascinating game I mean it really could go you know anyway uh, from here you wouldn't like to be uh, certain about how it's going to go here because it's it's an unpredictable game. And, you know, there are fallibilities in both teams. You mentioned West Indies' batting line-up. England's batting line-up as well. You look at that top six, there's not a great deal of experience in there. Only Ben Stokes. And, and West Indies are ball with a great deal of, of discipline. And they've got some real quality in their attack as well. Holder, Gabriel and Roach. If they can make inroads and, and put pressure on England, then, you know, they could reduce that target they have to chase on the final day. I mean, who knows? You never know. It could even end tomorrow if West Indies bowl really well and put England under... Severe pressure. So, first match back. Although we've had weather problems, it's been a game uh, full of interest. Uh, you know, and England are not the perfect outfit. They are not. They've, they've got problems that they have to deal with as well. In the same way that, you know, West Indies coming here, we felt, could they get enough runs? Well, so far, they have got enough runs because they've got a lead of over 100. I think they certainly would have uh, taken that if you'd offered them that at the toss on the first day. So, it, it, it's all to
0: play for. Yeah, I totally agree. It's been interesting watching England batting. Uh, I've, we sort of, we sort of talked about before the game that batsmen might have a little bit of time to get into the groove, and I felt it, it looked like that. Uh, Joe Denley was scratchy and sort groping around and didn't really find any any tempo. Bowled through the gate, which has happened to him a few times, was a you know, real scorching snorting delivery from Shannon Gabriel. But I thought Stokes started well and then he seemed to try to be a bit too cute at times When in the back. He was trying to get down the wicket and work the bowlers off off stump through leg side. I know he was trying to manipulate the field and things, but I felt he needed to just be a bit more solid, and he got out trying to work the ball from pr- pr- almost outside off stump. He was undone by the persistence of of Jason Holder and, and the other bowlers who gave very little away. Uh, I thought uh, Ollie Pope shaped up well, but then, you know, it was a little bit loose the way he was out. So, you know, there were sort of three or four players there who could have, you know, with a bit more time under their belt in in the middle, probably would have played slightly more solidly. Uh and and credit to the West Indies, really, for, for being so um, persevering with their bowling and, and really giving England absolutely nothing. Uh, England's bowling today, I actually thought, I mean, Archer was the one guy who was wicketless, and it'd be easy to say, oh, you know, he didn't look right. But I, I think actually, apart from his spell with the second new ball, I thought he bowled pretty well. He bowled some really scorching bouncers and illustrated that Nobody can pick up his bouncer, can they? I mean, here are these guys from the West Indies who are supposedly good at playing the short ball, and again, that's a reversal of roles. They weren't very good at playing the short ball, particularly from Archer, who just it seems to get that ball to lift from nowhere, and nobody can really pick up those those nasty short balls. He he was denied um, his only wicket, of course, by just overstepping. But I thought there were signs there that you know he was bowling. Uh, cleverly, you know, he was thinking about how to manipulate the batsman, force him onto the back foot, then bowl one a, a little bit fuller to try and trap him on the crease. And he was a little unlucky. Other than that, Stokes, great credit to him for the four wickets he took.
1: Yeah, you look at the figures: Archer, twenty-two overs, three maidens, no wicket for sixty-one. You think, well, you know, a bit obviously thin in the wicket column. You mentioned the, the wicket he took off the the no ball. You look at Wood as well. The combined. Fast bowlers, I and mean, that's England's plan in this game. Two fast bowlers, the two fastest bowlers they they probably ever played together. You know, mm. both you know, capable of a, over ninety miles an hour, would a bit quicker than Archer. Combined figures, forty four overs, five maidens, one for a hundred and twenty five on a sluggish pitch, and then that brings you back to the Stuart. Broad debate, should they have played broad? Mm. Well, you know, you, you could say they, sh- they could have played broad, Wokes and Anderson on this pitch, and that would have been far more effective. We saw in the first inning, you know, Roach was really tidy, put pressure on, helped Gabriel in a way, possibly. Holder chipping in with six wickets, and he bowls at 80 miles an hour. I, you know, do you pick a team just for each individual test match, or do you have a sort of plan? And it seems as if England's plan going forward, I mean, they've got... They've had Broad and Anderson for so long. Eventually, they are, they are not going to have them. You know, are you sort of planning a bit more mid-long term or is it just focus on every single test match? The other thing as well is, you think, think about leaving out Stuart Broad. What do you do? Do you say, right, Broad over Anderson? That's one decision you, you could make. No, they wanted to bring Anderson back. Is it Broad over Archer? Well, Archer had a you know, fabulous summer last year, top quality bowler, tremendous potential. Is it Broad mm. over Wood? Wood's last Test match. Do you know what his figures were in his last Test match? Nine well, for a hundred. It's almost nine, nine yeah, for nine yeah. for a hundred at the Wanderers. Mm. You know, do mm. you leave a bowler out who's taken nine for a hundred in his last Test match? I think a lot of comment on social media about oh, you know, why Wood? He's, you know, he shouldn't be playing. You know, his, his, his stats in England are, are poor. Um, but you know, for batsmen, what, what's the equivalent? What's the batting equivalent of nine for 100? It's probably a double hundred, isn't it? Or is 180. Do you leave a would you have left a bloke out who made 180 in the last test match at the Wanderers?
0: You, you wouldn't have done, would you? You'd have played him, of course you would. So that, that's yeah. that's the issue for the, for the English selectors, yeah. And, and you, you make a very good point about it. Um, I think I, I'm trying to think back to uh, I know it's county cricket rather than test cricket, but in the 19 early 1990s, 90s, Middlesex had five fast bowlers one of whom was me and I'm not saying I was anywhere near as good as these guys but we had five quick bowlers four of them had played international and and me and we actually rotated them during the summer and it was annoying when you know Captain Gatting would come up and say look sorry you're doing, or sorry Norman you're not playing today because all of us actually had a right to play we were all playing well we were all bowling well but you had to accept the look at look at the longer picture the bigger picture and and sit it out and it, it did make you angry to start with but in fact we won the championship that year by merely rotating those bowlers and uh, Stuart Broad you know did an interview today sort of obviously showing his irritation and frustration at uh, missing out on his first home test match for seven years or something but you you know I can understand that totally and he was quite right to express it but I think in the bigger picture it might work out well they've got six tests in two months very close together uh, and I think they're going to need that that Time off to to be fresh and you know broad can come in fresh in the second test bowlers are going to have to accept that they're not going to play every game. Um, Jimmy, I know Jimmy told Jimmy talked about uh, in the summer of 2017 playing all seven tests and how it gave him great momentum and he loved it and he wasn't tired and all that. But he is now three years older. Uh, you know he's going to need a break as well. So I think it is a question of rotation. And they may have got it wrong this test. They may certainly. It's interesting. Marcus Driscotic yesterday saying uh, when I spoke to him yesterday, you know he thought definitely. Broad should have played uh, this test match and he would have really been effective yesterday and the day before on, on the pitch. But, you know, you, you take these uh, decisions and maybe in the in the overall scheme of things, it might not be a, a bad thing to give him time off and he'll be fresh for the next test. Stuart Broad did not deserve to be left out of this test match. There's no doubt about that. His, his, no, that's
1: true. His, his figures have been very good in, in, in recent years. But then, I, you know, I go back to the point, you know, who else did deserve to be left out, did Chris Wokes deserve to be left out no no, he didn't as well but England had to choose three from five, they had to make that decision and, and as you rightly say there will be rotation over this summer because there will have to be, I think anyway because the test matches are so close together, six test matches close together, some strong comments from Stuart Broad though, I mean you don't often see that these days from a, a, an England player but c- clearly the thing about Stuart Broad now is that he, because he's sort of moving towards the end because he's you know, one of the senior players, you know, he 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 feels able to say it. And actually, you know, what, what's interesting is, you know, in, in a way, sometimes, it be, oh, should, should he have said that? But actually, it's, it's, you know, these players get put up in front of the media to, to speak on, you know, radio, television, and in the press. And when they don't say interesting things, then, you know, we, we probably as media people and, you know, people listening and consuming probably feel frustrated as well. Oh, no one ever really says anything. It's all very controlled. But when actually we see some genuine emotion from someone you know I, I don't think that you know i don't think we should be sort of critical about Stuart broads comments you really of get a genuine reaction from uh, Stuart, you know saying really what he thought it's a hard decision to understand i'm frustrated angry and gutted uh, but he also you know said that you know, when he gets the chance again he says you you can bet i'll be on the money so you know it's also a, a motivational uh, thing mm-hmm. for him as well so uh, you know i i think it's You know, there might be people within the England camp who think, well, you know, that's that's quite strong. But also, I suppose it it does it it does engage with the public. It shows you what a player really thinks. They really care about playing for England, about giving up their spot, which
0: you know she didn't want to do. Why would you want to give up your England spot? And and also, perhaps it'll induce other uh, players to give. Slightly less anodyne interviews. Uh, Woody actually would started that. Uh, he was the first one in what is being called, you know, the diary room because they sit in a an armchair and it, it's very not much like the Big Brother studio. And it seems like they're a bit more willing to confess. Uh, Now than they were perhaps on the sidelines uh, by the boundary edge with other players listening in. You know, it just seems a bit more intimate somehow. Maybe that's why they're a bit more willing to to give out their their emotions. It's certainly made for good watching. Now, uh, just to finish, uh, England survived that last little spell just about uh, at the end of the day, importantly. And uh, I was pleased to see Dominic Sibley get off the pair, uh, the, the dreaded pair. Now... How many pairs do you think? I heard you talking to Phil Tuffle about the number of pairs he got in his career. How many do you think I got? Um, well, you must have got one, otherwise you wouldn't have brought it up. Or unless
1: you brought it up because you didn't get one. Don't tell me you didn't get a single pair. Well, that's that's
0: you're nearly right. I did get a pair, and it was in my very last oh, match. Oh no. And and also I mean it was quite a sort of glorious pair because. It was a first baller, but I've only had two first ballers in my career. One was Bold Marshall, first ball, and the other one, and this was my last innings in first class cricket, Court Lamb, Bold Ambrose. So it was a it was a fairly glorious way to go out. And my first ever pair in my last innings, um, sadly. Were you were you were
1: you conscious of that when you went out to <laughs> bat you right at the end of your career, you're thinking, could I get through my career?
0: Without a pair, was um, that, Were you
1: determined to get off the mark in that second innings, or you not really bothered to get off the
0: mark? Because I knew I hadn't ever had a pair before, and I was so determined that um, I saw Ambrose the ball before he'd taken a wicket with a ball that shot along the ground and hit the batsman on the on the shins and was LBW. So I thought I've got to get forward to this. So I was determined, even though it was Ambrose, to get forward. So I sl- slightly lunged at the ball, and it was a good length ball. It just went rose up in front of my face and I punched it to gully, and I, I in fact, you know, if it hadn't, I hadn't punched it to gully, I'd probably had my nose rearranged, so uh, in a way, I was quite relieved to get out to it. But um, it, you, you did ask toughers, as, didn't you, on, on TMS also, for um, a tail-ender to get a pair, or is it the same feeling as as a batsman? I think, obviously, it's terrible for a batsman to get a pair, and, uh, you know, it, it's, it's a horrible experience. I mean, for a tail-ender... Actually, it becomes a bit of a laugh for the other players. They're on the balcony absolutely egging you on to get the pair because it's so humiliating, it's so humbling. Um, so it, whereas for a, a batsman, everyone's sort of hoping they won't get it, I think actually for a tail ender, quite a lot of the rather sadistic members of your team are hoping you do. And
1: I thought it was a team game as well.
0: Fancy <laughs> that. Yes. <sighs>
1: Yeah, well, it's funny, isn't it? Actually, they say that about politics, is not it? Your, your, what? Your opponents are in the other party. Your enemies are in your own party, and it's it sounds like a
0: bit like that in the cricket dressing room as well. Well, it's the same as when um, you laugh when your uh, your batting partner gets hit in the hit in the nuts, isn't it? You know, hitting the hitting the googlies. So yeah,
1: the, the least funny thing in the world if it happens to yeah. you, and the most funny thing in the world if it happens to <laughs> someone
0: else. Yeah. Anyway, Dominic Sibley, thank goodness, is is off the pair. The only good story that I've ever heard about a pair was Graham Gooch, who of course got a pair on his first test, and he said, "Well, what else do you expect? I had to get what, what part of my surname in my first innings, uh, as in two O's." So he he made a good uh, good little tale out of it. He told it probably better than I did. So uh, tomorrow, good weather forecast. Uh, and hopefully a good batting forecast for England. Yeah, I mean it's, it's really set up well. Two two
1: full days, ninety-eight overs available on both days. Although we're supposed to have ninety-eight overs today, but we only had ninety. We lost, you know, those extra eight, eight overs because the the over rate was slow. But yeah, there's, there's an, enough cricket left, or enough time left in this match to have you know, any of the four outcomes available in a in a Test match: a draw, tie, win for either side, and. Uh, you know West indies are in a great position they really are I mean, this is this is a fantastic opportunity for them right at the start of the series they've come to defend the wisdom trophy and you know, they can win here they they really can they've got the, the the conditions there's enough in the pitch they've got the bowling attack there's enough fallibility in this england batting line especially because you know so few players well no players you know has any form behind them so what an opportunity for the west indies this is the, the only caveat to that is if England can put a score on the board,
0: then the pressure will really switch to the West Indies in that fourth innings on the final day of the match. I think it'll be fitting in a way if the West Indies do win this first test match. But they've nobly come over and resuscitated our cricket season, so they deserve uh, the spoils, I think, in this first Test match. But anyway, we'll see over the next couple of days. Don't forget, uh, if you do want to donate to our Patreon site uh, to join our exclusive club and get some exclusive content, and also uh, access to these virtual dinners that we're going to do during the course of the next couple of months, you go to analyst one. And any donation would be most welcome. Thank you very much for listening. We'll speak to you tomorrow night. We will indeed. It'll be fascinating to see what
1: position the game is in. Goodbye for now. Podcast Network.